The Communist Democrats in Atlanta made a mugshot of me. That's a mugshot because I said the election was rigged, and I believe it more strongly than ever. It was a rigged election. We all know why, and we know what they're doing, and we certainly get it. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Welcome to the BCP podcast. Let me play you something that President Trump uh, put up the other day on Truth Social, explaining why the mugshot, how ridiculous it is, and it's all about the stolen election, and that these actions that we're seeing right now are just further confirmation of the stolen election in Georgia. Once again, they are still in the cover-up operation phase of the stolen election of 2020, and right now the focus is the cover-up in Georgia. Is there anyone on the planet that doesn't know what I look like? I wish there were some people like that. That'd be very nice for me. And yet, for some reason, the Communist Democrats in Atlanta made a mugshot of me. That's a mugshot because I said the election was rigged, and I believe it more strongly than ever. It was a rigged election. We all know why, and we know what they're doing, and we certainly get it. But I know I'm your favorite president, and they make me look like a criminal, but it completely and totally backfired, as you probably read. Since my mugshot was released, our campaign has raised over $10 million. The people get it. The people know this is a sham and a scam. This is nothing but election interference. They want to interfere with our election so they can try and damage me with all these bullshit lawsuits that you see flying all over the place. But it's election interference. It's orchestrated by crooked Joe Biden, the worst president in the history of our country, along with the deep state. And on November 5th, 2024, it's going to backfire again when we win back the White House and make America great again. I just want to thank you for your tremendous support. And here it is. If you want to go out and get it, you can go out and get it. Have fun with it. But people do like it, I must say. Thank you very much. It's BS. This is more election interference. And it's because he was talking about the stolen election of 2020, which he says he's even now more convinced than ever. And yeah, this truly is backfiring. And, you know, I understand that President Trump is not everyone's cup of tea. I, I, I don't get it. I, maybe because I'm from New York as well, originally. But, you know, I only lived there the first nine or ten years of my life. I'm pretty much a Southern Californian. I was a kid who skateboarded, went to rap and and, and punk and ska concerts, and took his bodyboard out uh, every weekend, twice a week to the beach. I mean, I'm, I'm a Californian. And then now they live in Utah. I haven't recently, but, you know, like to be in the snow sometimes, you know. But uh, so maybe it's because I'm from New York, but I don't see why people don't like Trump. Like, People are offended by him. They want people that smell good, look good. And I think President Trump probably smells good. I've never smelt him. Looks good. I mean, he's, he's, he's money. I mean, he, he's very well pre- presented. She just don't like the fact that he speaks normally and he has fun with this. I mean, the guy in his fourth indictment 
and he's not whimpering in a corner crying and broken down. He's like, well, that's another one. Going to keep fighting for America and the people. I just love that. I just don't, I really don't understand people don't like Trump. Some people really, really hate Trump. And some people are rooting for these BS lawsuits and filings to stop President Trump from even being on the ballot. They're doing everything they can to, to, to rig the election of 2024. Right now, let's talk about the attempt to keep President Trump off the ballot. We finally have some concrete movement on the issue of a Trump disqualification from appearing on ballots. A long-shot presidential candidate named John Anthony Castro has filed a lawsuit to have Trump rendered ineligible for the 2024 ballot in New Hampshire, given his incitement of the insurrection on January 6th. I'm BCP, the Black Sword of Patriot. That's BTC that you're listening to uh, and watching. Uh, that's Brian Tyler Cohen, a uh, total progressive leftist who is just about salivating with the, uh, with the possibility, with the hope that President Trump won't have to run against a Democrat, whether it's, I don't know, Obama's uh, spouse or Gavin Newsom. They don't want to win fairly. They just don't want to be able to run, not be on the, on the ballot. And they're very happy about this. You can tell the glee with which this progressive is reporting this. And let rem I'm not even an attorney, and it's very obvious. President Trump has not been found guilty in a court of law for any sort of conspiracy or part of a sedition. You just can't accuse somebody and then keep them off the ballot on those grounds alone. You can't under a constitutional republic like the one we have now, but you can under a despotic, tyrannical government that we are fast becoming, or some people will say we're already there with the fake President Joe Biden. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution would prohibit anyone who engaged in insurrection or aided others who engaged in insurrection from holding state or federal office. According to Castro's court filing, Trump should be judicially declared ineligible to appear on the 2024 Republican primary ballot for having provided aid or comfort to the insurrectionists that violently attacked our U.S. Capitol on January 6th. This results in disqualification from pursuing and or holding any local, state, or federal public office in the U.S. pursuant to Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. Ah, uh, too bad that January 6th was just a protest, not an insurrection. How, how, what kind of dumbass do you have to be to think that a whole bunch of people, even if they were riled up by Trump and walked into the Capitol without any arms, without any means, no harm or anything to any of the officials, they didn't stop the proceeding, there was no takeover or anything, could possibly in any way, shape or form be anything but a, at the most, a violent out-of-hand protest and nothing even nearing an insurrection. Man, I'm telling you, TDS is one hell of a sickness. Now, Castro, who is 39 years old and who won't appear on the primary ballot in all 50 states, has announced that he will file self-funded lawsuits in several more states by the end of the week. He came out and said, quote, my primary goal is to deny Trump a second term. Well, at least he was being honest. It wasn't about the law. He said it right there. My primary goal is to deny Trump a second term. Not that the voters should do that. Not that the Electoral College should do that. But he, because he wants to deny Trump a second term, is bringing forward this bogus, garbage, sham, BS lawsuit. Sometimes when you listen to people closely, they tell you what their true intent really is. 
Interestingly, Castro also filed a lawsuit in Florida seeking to have Trump disqualified. A judge had dismissed that lawsuit for lack of standing, for which Castro has appealed to the 11th Circuit and asked the Supreme Court to rule that he does have standing to sue. All right, so let's talk about standing. Now, one thing that's very interesting is we have Mr. Kaplan who has brought another suit also in Florida, which also was dismissed on standing. But there's something happening here, folks. They are doing multiple attempts to see what will stick. Here is a great breakdown by a, an attorney. His name is Robert Govea, uh, and he's on YouTube, and he has a very good breakdown, actually breaking down the filing document and the dismissal by the judge. I think he makes some important points here that uh, I'm gonna edit it down for length, but I, I wanna highlight some of the important points he makes doing a great breakdown as an attorney because we're gonna be seeing these lawsuits over and over again between now and November of next year. And this was the lawsuit that was brought by this guy, Lawrence Kaplan out of Florida, the Southern District of Florida. We'll hit the highlights quickly before we take a look at what the judge said dismissing this. But he says that I have been voting since 1976, voted in 12 presidential elections. That's why I have standing I've been voting a lot. I'm a legal resident of Florida. I'm a US citizen by birth. I'm a lawyer licensed in a bunch of different places. This lawyer says the facts are undeniable. Trump served as the president, but lost. And during January 6, as we're aware, a throng marched on the Capitol and took over the country, essentially. They're saying here, that Trump was involved in this. Jack Smith has been appointed. Trump has been arraigned on these charges and that Trump has been formally indicted. He's seeking reelection and therefore he needs to be removed. They're saying the 14th amendment says that if you committed an insurrection by giving aid or comfort to the enemies, you've got to go. The disqualification clause is self-fulfilling and Trump hit it. His efforts in Washington, his efforts in Georgia, and so on have justified his removal. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment says any individual who commits insurrection is hereby disqualified. And so what they were asking for in this lawsuit, he says a, a, a number of top legal scholars, and there were a bunch of typos in this lawsuit, remember this, we started running into these typos. Uh, he said that this is self-executing and that once it is in place, Trump is prohibited. Just like you're disqualified if you're under the age of 18 or uh, 35, or if you're not a U.S. citizen, you're disqualified. Trump as an insurrectionist is disqualified. So they say here, Lawrence Kaplan, judge, we're asking for a declaration declaring that Donald Trump is barred from seeking the presidency. And he's also barred from the presidential primary in Florida this next upcoming cycle signed by Lawrence Kaplan. And so obviously, you know, this was an effort to keep Trump off the ballot and this was filed and a judge issued a response dismissing the lawsuit. By the way, the judge who did this as reported in the local Palm Beach Post in Florida, it was a swift dismissal by Judge Robin Rosenberg who is actually a Barack Obama appointee. And once again, it was for this easy way out of lacking standing.
This was submitted out of the Southern District of Florida. And the case, of course, is Lawrence Kaplan, along with many others, versus Donald Trump. Six-page order from the court. And I think this is going to be important. I really think that the Democrats are going to try more of this. I think that this original filing was a rough draft, but we're going to see them continue to try these attempts. They're taking shots on goal right now. Just taking shots. Boom, boom. Seeing what sticks or not. So the judge is dismissing this. He says, all right, order of dismissal. It's pretty quick, right? Just got turned around very rapidly. Judge says, an individual citizen does not have standing to challenge whether another individual is qualified to hold public office. That comes from other cases. In Berg, the plaintiff was an attorney representing himself. He tried to sue, seeking declaratory injunction, saying that Obama was not eligible to run. Natural born citizen lawsuit. But they said, sorry, you can't sue. The court said standing has been a consistent barrier and noted that other lawsuits to stop Obama have all been failed. Same thing. They tried to sue to stop Senator John McCain. They said that voters have no standing to complain about participation of an ineligible candidate in an election. Now, this attorney brings up a great point saying, you know, these are test waters are just going to, you know, just testing this out to see what legal theory will stick. And then he brings up the birther Obama lawsuits and the the lawsuits against McCain. We've seen similar things. People have filed lawsuits against Kamala Harris and uh, Ted Cruz in, in the past or brought up complaints about that as well, about their, about their, about their standing. But one thing that's very, very interesting here as far as legal theory is, is there any weight behind these? Are the parties involved, like the political parties involved, getting behind these lawsuits? And you can bet your bottom dollar that once they have a good lawsuit, the DNC is going to be in full force behind any legal theory that looks like it could win that would keep President Trump off the ballot. These were aberrants. Uh, These were cases on the margins. Okay, there wasn't enough critical mass for, from the RNC to sue Obama over his birth certificate. Not enough critical mass to have the DNC sue to stop John McCain, right, for his, his birth details. But with Trump, you better believe, man, they are going to come hard for him. They're going to say, we can never let this happen again. We have to do this. So it never happens in America again. The Third Circuit affirmed the district court's ruling that you can't just sue unless you suffer a particularized injury. And at least two courts have concluded that citizens, citizens, right, attempting to disqualify individuals from office lack standing. Two cases where that happened. In this case, they say Florida man in this case lacks standing and thus this court lacks jurisdiction. Can't do anything about it. Accordingly, The court exercises its jurisdiction right now under the Declaratory Judgment Act, along with its obligation to examine its own jurisdiction to dismiss the case. And again, another lawsuit, a future lawsuit, might not be brought just for a declaratory action. So it may be outside of just this act, right? I'm trying to think about how this lawsuit evolves. 
So it's a different party bringing the suit. It's brought under a different claim. They're asking for removal rather than a declaration, asking that once Trump makes it to a ballot, he should be removed because it was already, that's erroneous. He's already been disqualified under the 14th Amendment. So the judge says, based on the foregoing, it is ordered and a judge that Florida man's lawsuit is dismissed without prejudice, meaning he could refile it, but he probably won't unless he goes and finds some standing. The clerk of the court is instructed to close this case. All pending motions are denied as moot. All deadlines are terminated. So it is done, done. Done and ordered in chambers by Robin L. Rosenberg, U.S. US District Judge. Without prejudice, this particular case is done. But because they, they issued it on standing, if someone, another uh, filing can establish some sort of standing, then this could, this idea of keeping President Trump off the ballot could move forward. All right, now I want to go over to Jim Hoft, who was on the war room. And let's go back to what we've been talking about, the stolen election of 2020. But this time, let's not talk about Georgia and Fulton County like we've been doing recently. Let's go back again to Michigan. A spiritual war. Um, but someone who is waging that war quite well is, of course, over at the Gateway Pundit, Jim Hoft. I'm sure much to the dismay of the powers that be, not just in Michigan, but the entire country. Um, if you want to give us the latest story, I know we always like to use the word bombshell, but I think in this case, with what the whistleblower told you, it, it really is a bombshell. So walk us through the latest story that just dropped on Gateway Pundit. Yeah, bombshell is something that, unfortunately, because of the mass corruption of our U.S. government is overused. There are things that were, are bombshell that would be bombshell in any other normal news cycle. For instance, a discovery that the president of the United States was using aliases as a vice president and committing business, that would be bombshell if it were Bush. That'd be bombshell if it were Trump. But if it's Biden or Obama, that's not bombshell. Bombshell if a Republican uh, jaywalks, not bombshell if Democrats steal elections. What we have is, as we've reported on the war rooms uh, previously, uh, there was a police report that was written back in uh, October of 2020, and it was uh, about this uh, clerk in Muskegon, Michigan, who received all of these uh, uh, boxes of registrations that apparently were fraudulent. She contacted the police, they wrote up a report, they, they raided offices, they, um, did an amazing job. We so we at first we we uh, had the state police report. Well, recently we got a copy of the city uh, report from Mus Muskegon. The city police report included more details. And um, then the, the, what I'm going to announce now is that uh, we have a whistleblower who came to us after our initial reports. So thank God that there are some honest and courageous Americans out there. I give this person all the credit in the world. It's, it's, um, it took a lot of guts for them to contact us. Folks, it takes a lot of guts to expose 
the stolen election of 2020. It can cost you livelihood and it can cost you your life. There's no playing around here, folks. Bravo to this whistleblower who came forward. Let's get into the new information per this whistleblower. And what they gave us, Natalie, is just um, explosive is not the word. What happened in Michigan, we know that Dana Nessel, the corrupt attorney general, I would say, um, she said that we caught the fraud. Um, she made an announcement after Gateway Pundit's initial reports. She said, we caught the fraud, the system works. Well, that isn't true, and we proved that today. They didn't catch the fraud, we caught the fraud. Gateway Pundit is catching the fraud. We, these clerks had a private social media group, and we gained access to this group. And we have at least a dozen different clerks across the state of Michigan who admit in this group, this social media group, that they also were receiving these packages of suspect registrations from this GBI strategies, which also goes by the name of Empower Michigan at times, EM they call it. Um, and for the record, Empower Michigan uh, shares the same address as the Democrat Party of Michigan in Lansing, Michigan. Explosive bombshell and it's only coming through the Gateway Pundit, Steve Bannon, Fox News, and others aren't covering this. Covering this, A secret social media group throughout the state of Michigan and parties involved are directly tied to the address of the Democrat Party of the state of Michigan. We know the Democrats did this from within a Democrat Party. This is very powerful stuff. And of course, you've got to go to alternative media to get this information. Folks, let me just take a moment here and give time to our sponsor. Just kidding. The only sponsor of this show is you. For those of you watching on Locals, for those of you watching on Patreon, thank you so much for your subscription, for your monetary support that makes this show possible. And thank you for all of those listening to this on the BCP podcast. We appreciate that. And that's it. That That's it. That's my commercial. Oh, by the way, uh, only available on Patreon right now. Many per people are not aware of this, but we have, for those of you who are super fans, for those of you who are super fans, we have an inner circle membership, an inner circle club, which gives you not just access to every episode of this show in video format, but extra behind the scenes, uploads, vlogs, and other things. There will be several of those every single week. Now, let me tell you, for those of you who are not interested in that, that's fine. There's not going to be any really new, you're not going to miss anything if you don't join the Inner Circle membership. Let's make that very clear. But for those of you who are fans, who are super fans, who want to see more than just the show, you want to you want to give us extra support. You want to, uh, for instance, recently I covered how it is that you know my daily routine in the morning, how I come up with the stories, or how do I determine what stories are going to make it into the show, how I organize those stories. 
Um, I've also given uh, my initial reaction to news stories just on the headlines alone. Uh, on Thursday, I put up a, uh, a vlog talking about uh, a book I'm reading and how two of those chapters totally explain the tactics used by Marxists and Democrats. So if that kind of extra stuff, that's not the news, not the BCP podcast, but some more extracurricular stuff is of interest to you, head over to Patreon and join the Inner Circle Club if you're interested in that. The show, the BCP, BCP podcast is available to everyone that subscribes to the show and is available in podcast format on all the major podcasting platforms. And starting today, September 1st, BC, the BCP podcast will go back to being a five-day-a-week show, generally Monday through Friday. I'm not saying that we won't sometimes have a weekend edition. If for some reason I have, I, I'm traveling a certain day, and I, let's say I don't, there's not an episode of that Wednesday, you can count on there will be five episodes that week. If you look between a, 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 a Monday and a Sunday, there will be five episodes at a bare minimum. And then there'll be other behind the scenes and what have you for Inner Circle Club members. And we appreciate you being here. For those of you who've been asking me uh, on Rumble, folks, you guys are making this show possible. We put up a couple episodes uh, a week on Rumble, one or two, so people can see what the show is about and then they get curious and then they come here and subscribe. Remember, we have no income from YouTube, so we're not getting that that YouTube uh, ad revenue. So we're dependent, like uh, public radio or public television, we are dependent on your subscription uh, for this show to continue. And that's something we are truly grateful for. All right, so getting back to uh, Jim Hoff, this thing is explosive. It is huge. Uh, multi um, this has happened through multiple parts of the state of Michigan and it appears to be being coordinated by the actual Democrat Party of the state of Michigan. So um, this GBI strategies was sending these packages to clerks across the state filled with um, these suspect registrations. They were receiving several packages. We uh, decided at this point we kept the names of the clerks anonymous, except for one clerk. It's a former representative, Richard LeBlanc, and he is a clerk in Michigan now, and he says that he received five bundles of these registrations in his mail from GBI Strategies. And so we've contacted his office. We'd like a response from him, uh, wondering what did he do with those? Because there's no record that he... Uh, turn those in or flag them or send them back or notify the state. We don't have any record of that. Smart move by Jim Hoff and the Gateway Pundit putting Mr. LeBlanc's name out there because he's an elected official and high, has a higher duty. I mean, I think we all have a duty not to rig and steal elections, but as, a, as an elected official, he is accountable to the people. So, um, uh, if you if you look through this report, you'll find that these clerks were talking about receiving ballots where uh, one was a deceased dog, 
you know so they uh, immediately they were just they're so absurd these these registrations that um, of course it raised red flags um, and you know when you get the name of a dog or you get deceased people or somebody who was born in 2020 that was a birthday for one of these people who was supposedly registering to vote um, it's it's just amazing. <laughs> We know the Democrats want to get 18-year, uh, excuse me, 16-year-olds now voting, but you can't buy a gun now until like 25 or never. But someone born in 2020 voting in 2020, I'd say that's a very, very low uh, age for voting. So this is widespread. Um, we have several of the screen grabs from this social media group, and um, we uh, they know now that we're on to them. We have more reports to come, but this is very explosive. This wasn't an isolated incident, Natalie. It was not just one office in Michigan. This was statewide, and it was hidden by Attorney General Nessel. It was hidden by Jocelyn Benson, the Secretary of State. It was hidden by the governor there, Gretchen Whitmer, and they, uh, they, they must have known that this was widespread. They contacted the FBI for Muskegon, but they never said anything to people about these rest of these different clerks' offices who were receiving these packages. It was a widespread, very well-coordinated operation. And the only reason why we even know about this is because people in Muskegon, the police there, and others actually investigated this, wrote a report, and turned it over to the FBI, but the FBI and everyone else downplayed it and try to hide it. And when they came out, uh, uh, Dan Nessel goes, yeah, 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 we, we were aware of that, but we took care of it. Uh, let it go away. But folks, they, they were really sneaky. Check out how they even sent some of these. Uh, okay, I just recently watched a, a movie. And in the movie, they smuggle in synthetic opioids through wine coming out of Italy. We read the news all the time. I read the news all the time in, you know, in Southern California of drug busts and how they would find, you know, different types of drugs coming through the border, sneaking over legally, uh, excuse me, through, through illegal uh, contraband, trying to come legally through the border, you know, in something else. I mean, they put it in tires, they put it in other products or what have you. That's a criminal's do they hide their paraphernalia and try to send it through th through legitimate means by commingling and hiding it with legitimate product the same exact thing happened with all of these fakes let me add to natalie the the cherry on the top of this this ice cream sundae um in some of these boxes they were marked uh protective uh equipment ppe so they were marked PPE. They opened the boxes and they found like face masks and registration in the same box. It's unbelievable. Face masks and fake registrations in a box labeled PPE. The operatives knew that that's what it was coming. Look for the PPE. We're going to have some, uh, some more fake registrations in there that you can uh, then go in and add. Wow. Wow. Yeah, bombshell and explosive under any other circumstance. But we have so much news of corruption that we're almost 
like jaded at this point where that's like, wow, that's, that's not that interesting. A major news story is just another, hmm. Now, of course, we can't say that our enemy is just the Democrats. It's also the rhinos and the Republicans who are doing nothing and are siding with these fraudsters. They don't want Trump. They didn't want Trump. They, they want to kill Trump. They want to stop Trump. They want to keep him off the ballot. They want to arrest him and throw him in jail. And I'm not just talking about Democrats. Many Republicans as well. Many secretly gleeful. And either way, 99% of them doing nothing about all of this fraud. Jim, I think the most pressing question and the obvious follow-up to everything that you just told us is, has anyone with any power in the Republican Party, any congressmen, senators, reached out to you to try to back up and actually get accountability um, from the stories, from the evidence that you're surfacing, or has it been kind of radio wave silence? Uh, well, as you know, most mostly silence. We did uh, uh, send our reporting to a member of the Oversight Committee just this week, so we hope that they look at this. All right, Truth Warriors, let's get out there and follow up with the Oversight Committee, James Comer, and uh, let them know, hey, we understand that Jim Hoffman, the Gateway Pundit, sent you information about a widespread Michigan voter fraud operation. Uh, we want you to hold them accountable and as much as uh, Congress and oversight can do, we want you to investigate this. We need to let them know that we're on their side. Okay, now I want to end with this. Because this has been a theme that we've talked about, I think, all of this week or most of this week. Everything we're seeing right now with President Trump's indictment and other indictments, the federal indictment, etc., against President Trump is part of the 2020 election stealing. Right now, they were in the cover-up phase. And part of that is criminalizing anyone who exposes or who they think is part of the fighting back against the stolen election including a whole bunch of 80-year-olds in Michigan. Um, I also would like to add, Natalie, that there's 16 individuals, mostly senior citizens, some are in their 80s, who were alternative delegates for President Trump in, 26, in 2021, um, January 6th, and uh, they were arrested by Dana Nessel because Dana Nessel said there's no fraud, there's no evidence of it. Well, there, there actually was an investigation that was turned over to the FBI at the time, she knew this, and now it's a much bigger uh, scandal than um, she would like to admit. I'm sure this puts a damper on her day because once again, she's um, caught in um, not telling the truth to the people of Michigan. And unfortunately, it's only going to be a damper on her day because in Michigan or anywhere else for that matter, all the operatives involved in the stealing of the 2020 election are just minorly inconvenienced but they never suffer any consequence for the biggest act of treason publicly, I would say, in the history of this country. Have a great weekend. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud 
organization in the history of American politics.